0: Kev on the bus. What up, Kev? I was like, yo, not today, y'all. I got a lot of stuff on my mind. I I can't really have y'all throwing me off. And my friend was like, what you talking about? I said, I can't really get into it. All I can tell y'all is that it's about to go down. He's like, what? I said, look, man, it's about to go down. Just be behind me when I walk in class. He said, all right, cool. I walk in class. Miss Green, my teacher, she starts speaking to everybody. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello, good morning. she see me. She was like, Kevin. I said, Miss Green. She said, did she let your mother read the note? I said, yes, I did. She said, well, what did your mother say? I took a deep breath. I looked at my friends. I was like, it's about to go down. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. You are listening to Keeping It Raw. I am Rawl. And it's about to go down right now. So uh, you're going to sense in this episode why uh, I decided to name it, Keeping It Raw, instead of some kind of comedy bit. (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about some real things that people face, but mostly things that I faced and ways that I think it could help you. So I uh, looked at a lot of different resources uh throughout uh, the last couple of years and i in preparation for what i was going to be talking about today i kind of thought about what would help more people what could i share that not only could was helpful to me but could help other people and i had to look no further than a very famous doctor that most of you know you actually probably uh i i dare to say that most of you have actually read his work we're talking about none other than the much admonished dr seuss yes that guy he has a book and a lot of you probably have the book and if you have kids you probably do too but this book is called oh the places you'll go and while it has a title that is not so extravagant of the Dr. Seuss name, uh, brand, franchise, whatever you want to call it, the book itself, the content is so good. And so I'm going to start off with a passage from the book so that uh, it's in true Dr. Seuss fashion, So, but it'll kind of get into the things that we're going to be talking about in this podcast and we'll be getting now. <laughs> all right. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you'll top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say that sadly it's true. Bang ups and hang ups can happen to you. You can get all hung up in a prickly perch, and your gang will fly on. You'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump, and the chances are then that you'll be in a slump. And when you're in this slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. You can get so confused that you'll start in a race down long, wiggled roads at a breaknecking pace and grind on for miles across weirdish, wild space headed, I fear, toward a most useless place, the waiting place. For people just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, or waiting around for a yes or a no, or waiting for their hair to grow, everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting to go out and fly a kite, Or waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break. Or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig of curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. And so today, I want to start off by talking about this waiting place. A lot can happen in this waiting place. Dreams are crushed. You even lose yourself. And during that time, we often say, I'm finding myself. So depression, loneliness, bitterness, anger, resentment, fear, all these things come up in our lives at a lot of different times. But there are some times when we feel so low in life that you encounter all these feelings at once. Some people resort to hurting themselves, but most resort to hurting others. You know, when you're in this place, and when I say you're either going to hurt somebody else or you're going to hurt yourself, I'm not talking about just physically, I'm talking about mentally. Yeah. Because it's big stuff. We all go through hard times in our life, and we often can think back to the hardest thing. Just think for a minute, the hardest thing you ever went through, okay? Now, the thing that you went through might not be the most difficult thing that anybody has ever gone through. But because it's the most difficult thing that you went through, sometimes it's a breakup. Sometimes it's the loss of a family member. Sometimes it's just feeling all our dreams just... Fade away. Shatter. Sometimes it's a divorce. Sometimes it's the best opportunity just, just slipped away. And that is the waiting place that you're now in. Because there are so many things that you can wait for. And sometimes you're just waiting for something to happen. So, real talk is where this now begins. So most of uh, the people listening to this podcast that know me know that I've been through a divorce and I don't talk about it much because this isn't who I am. So I don't talk about it much. I, I much I don't share it. Um, I Once in a while, I give advice to people based on what I went through, not that I am some kind of king of anything, but we all honestly need help navigating things in our life. And so when I give advice, it's usually, here's what I didn't do kind of advice. Here's what I could have done kind of advice. Okay. So when I talk about divorce, just because you haven't been through a divorce doesn't mean you can't relate to these feelings, or that you can't relate to, um, even maybe even the situation itself. Okay. So whatever you're either going through currently, just simulate that in your mind with the metaphor that I'm using by my story. Okay. So sometimes you think life is perfect. Sometimes you think that the road that you're on is exactly the road you're supposed to be on. And sometimes you feel like, Even if this is the road I'm on and the road I'm supposed to be on, this isn't the vehicle I'm supposed to be in, okay? So sometimes you're waiting for a job, waiting for a better job. Sometimes you're waiting for a relationship or waiting for a better relationship. Or sometimes you're waiting for a dream or a better dream. So in my case, I was going down a road <clears throat> and I thought I knew the destination. And I thought I had the right vehicle to travel in. But somewhere and sometimes, that doesn't always work out. Vehicles, you know, they break down. You got to kind of take care of the maintenance on the vehicle because if you don't, then something bad's going to happen. So, how do you avoid getting to this place? Mostly it's just advice from other people that you're, you'll hear advice that you'll read advice that you'll watch online, I guess, or you get in counseling of some kind. Okay. So when I went through our uh, separation, initially it was a shock. And what often happens is when you're in a shock phase, you stop. Everything stops. And everything is at a snail's pace. Everything is just shocking. So when that happens, you not only stop, but you start to wait around. And this is that waiting place I'm talking about. And the problem with the waiting place is not only are you anticipating the next move, but... It's like, okay, here's a good example. You go to the doctors, and you're in the waiting room, and then they take you to the next room. And you're in there for maybe five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour before the doctor ever comes in or the nurse ever comes in or the results come in. So there's all this waiting that you're in there. And when you're stuck in there, what do you start doing? In this room. Well, you start looking at all the instruments on the wall, all the little posters that they have, all the brochures they got. You look at the sink that you can wash your hands in in this doctor's office. You look at the bed that you're sitting on, this chair that's sitting there. You wonder how many times the doctor's coming in and giving bad news to somebody. All this stuff, okay? So you got all this stuff, but you're looking around. You're evaluating everything. You're taking inventory of what's in this room even even the little marks on the wall everything catches your eye because it's boring it's boring there you probably don't have anything to distract you it's just a bunch of stuff so what should you be doing while you're in the waiting room well you got to be thinking about what the you got to anticipate the next move okay You have no idea what the next move is, but you've got to be prepared for whatever it is. So how do you get prepared? Well, if you're in a doctor's office, then you'll probably be thinking about what the doctor is going to say when he comes in. Well, the doctor is probably going to say, well, what brings you in today? He's probably going to say, have you had these kind of things happen before? Have you had any symptoms? What are the symptoms you're having? Are you hurting any particular place? Um, And so... In a divorce setting, you can kind of correlate whatever your situation is. But in my divorce setting, I was evaluating the same things. I was thinking, okay, what happened? Did I see red flags? Were there little symptoms here and there that I picked up on or missed or ignored? Uh, You know, all these things that you anticipate, right? Okay, so that's what you're doing in the waiting period. Well, during this waiting period, when you wait so long and you don't have all the answers to all these questions that you're asking yourself or that the doctor would be asking you if you're in a doctor's office, um, then you are likely just um, uh, getting angry and getting bitter because why am I sick? Why am I going through this divorce? Why am I facing this? Why has it got to be me? Why did I ignore this? Little red flag, this little symptom that crept up, right? Because whatever major happened that got you in the doctor's office, it's not always a shock. It's not always a dramatic surprise. Sometimes it's little things that creep up on you, okay? So that's kind of what I went through. I started noticing, oh, wow, I recognize this and that and that and this and, you know, And before I get too long, uh, before I get too far into it, I want to go ahead and say that there are, like in my situation, there are two sides to every story, okay? And most people know both sides, but no one knows all sides, you know? So no matter how much I talk about it or how much I'm going to talk about it in the future, there is always that sense that, hey, there is... um, Uh, not everybody knows everything no matter how much I talk about it and it might not be because I refuse to talk about things it might just be because I don't think about it or I forgot or you know that happens too so anger 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 angerness (laughs) anger bitterness these things are real whether they're the closest well, the whether they're the feelings that you have towards the closest person to you which will most likely happen at some point you're gonna get bitter you're gonna get angry you're gonna have resentment okay and those are things that i faced because sometimes it feels like <clears throat> why are some people being elevated among all the wrong that they've done And at this point, the next thing that I'm going to say is going to be all you really need to hear. And after you hear this phrase, you can turn the rest of this podcast off. It doesn't matter to me. Because if you get this one thing that I'm about to say, then you'll get it all. And it's probably going to be in two sentences. So here we go. No matter what has been done to you, your character is not worth dishing it back out. Throughout all my bitterness, all my anger, everything that I went through, I had people telling me all kind of things, right? I had people telling me, you know, how could you do do this? How can you tolerate this? How... You know, what kind of person are you, you know, what kind of person is this other person, you know, who would do this or who would do that or all this stuff. Yeah, and that kind of stuff, honestly, it hypes you up because you're just like, wow, you know what, you're right. And you give an ear to it and you give credence to it. There's a lot of credibility in what people say, trust me. And it's not that they're wrong. It's just that I've got to be right. You know, so no matter everything that I faced, I always felt like, hey, raw, you have character. And no matter what you feel like you can do. Your character is more important than that. To some people, it's lashing out on social media because. You've seen that happen, trust me. You've seen it happen where people go on social media and feel like they've got to expose everything, right? Feel they've got to share everything. They're going through a relationship issue, they go on social media and blast the other person. Uh huh. You've seen it happen. And it's what we do in those moments, it's what people do, rather, in those moments. Because they don't know they need some kind of validation and they're not getting from another place because social media is the easiest place to get validation before social media it was what barbershops and hair salons where we gossiped and did that kind of stuff and went there to get validation because the people that are witnessing it and like you, they're going to give you validation. You can go on there and say, man, I ain't never cooking eggs again. Uh, so-and-so went and took all the eggs and, and uh, s- took them all out of the cart and sat them on the couch and then put them back in. I I know that couch is dirty. Put them on the floor and rolled them around and put them back. I'm never, and people are going to go there, you're right, you shouldn't make eggs again. You should never do that. You're right. You know You deserve better than that. <laughs> That's how people are. They're going to give you, you're going to get validation, okay, whether you're right or wrong. And so when you go on social media to post stuff like this, you're, you can't ever trust what other people are going to say because no matter what you put on social media, you're going to get some kind of validation one way or the other. And so that's tip number one. Don't go on social media and post stuff as much as you want to because that's the easiest way to get validation. Strong-minded people will delete everything, (laughs) sign out, deactivate everything. But validation is so difficult. I mean, it's so easy, rather. Validation is so easy to get. Separating yourself is difficult. So... Yeah, I went through shock. I went through anger and bitterness. And then resentment when I felt like, why am I still in the waiting place? Why are all these other patients getting seen? Why am I not getting seen? That's when resentment kicks in. Resentment, oh my goodness, that's so tough. But you know what? If I could do it, so could you. It's not just because It's not that I'm strong and all these other people are weak. It's just that it's easier to do certain things, especially when you're in the moment things can get done, you know. So next is uh, depression. Depression uh, was difficult because not only does it encompass, uh, depression is different because depression can be Out of anger and bitterness and all this. But depression can also just be out of loneliness. Depression can also uh, just be because your favorite TV show isn't on. And I'm not making light. I know that sounds like I'm making light of it. But everybody goes through some kind of depression. Depression can also be sitting at a red light. Just to clear that up. Because it's not... When we're in the waiting place, there's you're not going to be happy typically you're not happy to be waiting so i mean name a kid who's uh uh well never mind that was a bad analogy i was going to say name a kid who's uh happy about waiting to go to disney world no he's not happy about waiting he's excited to go the anticipation's killing him He can't even go to sleep the night before, but he's not happy that he's waiting. He's just happy that he's going. So it's just a, I guess it ended up being a good analogy, but uh, yeah. So depression can kick in, in a lot of different ways, you know, and, um, and you can't just because your depression that you've gone through is different than somebody else's. You know, you hear a lot about people battling depression. Well, how do you combat depression? Well, I don't know, honestly. But the main thing is distraction in my opinion. So, distraction uh helped with two main things, okay? For me. Distraction helped with depression, and it also helped with loneliness, which I consider two different things, depression and loneliness. So distraction, uh, that's in a couple different ways. Um, It could be hanging out with friends, okay? Um, If your friends know something that's going on, then you can confide in them. You don't have to tell them everything, but you can confide in them enough that they'll have your back. Good friends will. And it's not that they won't talk about your situation behind your back. It's just that they have their own way of dealing with it. So, you know, I have good friends that I confided in told, you know, the stuff that was going on. and um, And I knew that they wouldn't tell anybody. And I didn't hold them to not tell. It's just that because they have to deal with it their own way but i had to be able to be free from it it's funny how you know we talk about emotions when it comes to like a man and there's this myth that men are don't show emotions or don't have emotions and i think that's horrible that's a horrible myth because it's not true one but uh men holding in emotions is widely known as a very dangerous thing when men Holding in emotions all that does is pin up feelings so and i'm not an emotionless person but most of the time i can come across as like very emotionless so like i get my emotions from my mom who is highly emotional okay my emotion meter is between my dad and my mom and my mom and they are two extremes two opposite sides of the spectrum and I'm right in the middle. But because my mom is so emotional, I, <laughs> I love you, mom. That's, um, that's why I'm not, it's easy for me to show emotion. So, uh, having said that, um, uh, I hate the the myth that men are emotionless. I was reading an article, and I'm going to read a little snippet from it right now uh, regarding men and emotions. Uh, This may come as a surprise, but men are probably more emotional than women. And you're probably thinking, how is this possible? Unlike femininity, masculinity doesn't permit emoting on a regular basis. So men are like uh, what you consider Victorian novels. Placid on the outside, but concealing a deep emotional life within. Convincing a man that it is masculine to open up. In fact, it takes more cojones to do so is a cause women should embrace by encouraging men to reveal their true feelings. Women are helping them release, pinup up emotions leading to a happier and healthier guy. So, um, what, another thing I wanted to say about this was that when you remove judgment When you're talking to somebody, especially a guy, when you remove judgment from the equation and they feel free to be open and discuss whatever they want, because I said judgment from an occasion, I meant judgment, period. When you remove your preconceived notions and remove all judgment in a relationship, you can be open and not concerned about what you might share. And that's what happens a lot of times is that guys typically won't open up because regardless of what you think or not, we care about what you think. We care about the onslaught of what, uh, (laughs) it's basically a, a regression phase. We'll feel a regression. We'll go through a regression rather when we feel judged and so emotions which are typically very uh feminine honestly a feminine i guess uh trait that matters to us but when you remove judgment and we're able to feel comfortable then um you'll get a whole different kind of guy a healthier person rather Even and I don't mean just men and women; I mean like friends, you know. So that's an important factor to keep uh, on your mind. And now I want to read another excerpt from the book from Doctor from the great Doctor Seuss. All right, I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games too, games you can't win because you'll play against you all alone whether you like it or not alone will be something you'll be quite a lot and when you're alone there's a good a very good chance you'll meet things that scare you right out of your pants there are some down the road between hither and yon that can scare you so much you won't want to go on so what do you do how do you handle it when you are in this lonely stage you'll see other people having great relationships right You'll see, uh, and that's all you'll see, really. Whatever your weakness is, whatever you're struggling with, that's all you're gonna see out, out the window, outside of the waiting room of the, outside of that doctor's office. That's all you're gonna see outside, right? Is everybody else enjoying whatever it is that you're struggling with? That's all you're gonna notice. Notice. So, what do you do when you're lonely? Well, a lot of people. What happens is, and you'll you'll notice this too, is that they revert to negative habits. You know, they'll do things that are what most would consider selfish, but they would consider uh, treating, treating yourself, treating themselves. And uh, this comes in many ways. But a lot of it has to do with just taking inventory. It's all because they're in the waiting place that everybody has their own little way of of handling things, handling situations. So life gets pretty difficult between, between hate and anger and bitterness and even regret, right? Because that's something that you'll face too. Even uh, depression and loneliness. So all those things, when they all meet you at one place, because they will at some point in your life, you've got to be able to look at yourself. I have a son. So there are decisions that I made that I'm not proud of. Honestly, if I'm honest. There are decisions I made that I was not proud of. Of course. But I had to be able to say, hey, Levi, look, I have no regrets. I may have made mistakes, but your dad tried, (laughs) right? I've got to be able to have the character... That my son needs to be, that my son needs to see. So that had a lot to do with, you know, how I, how I handled the situation that a lot to do with why I handled things the way I did. And though it was not perfect, it was difficult for sure. But I feel like I made good decisions. I was in that waiting office, waiting room, whatever you want to call it by now. I forget the analogy now. Where are we at the baseball game? <laughs> uh I I had to be okay with it, you know? And when that time comes for you and whatever relationship that you're in or going to be in at one time at one point, remember always that your character is more important than your struggle, okay? Because A lot of people might see your struggle. And a lot of people might not see your struggle. You know, you might be the only one that knows what you're going through, right? But for some people, it might be all over social media in the world. But no matter what people see and what they don't see, your character is more important than all of that. People are going to give you advice, whether they know intimate details or not, they'll give you advice. And if the advice is not of a nature that is going to help your character, then ignore it. I don't care who it is. I had some wise men in my life tell me some bad advice. (laughs) If I'm honest. And I had some wise men in my life Give me some great advice. One of those pieces of voice advices were time. Time reveals all. Yeah, those three words mean a lot because that had a lot to do with the decisions I made to keep my character. Time reveals all. Just analyze that for a second. Chew on that one. Oh my goodness, write it down. Can I get an Amen? <laughs> time reveals all. So you know, I had uh I had some people also tell me uh you should cut that cord a long time ago. You know? But I just felt like I I just can't. There's nothing technically holding me back from it. Except my own reservations. And uh, so while me and uh, my ex were separated for years. uh, It took years for us to actually get divorced. Okay. And uh, until the time came where something big happened. And that's not something I'm going to reveal here, but. If you know the situation, you know. And so until something big happened, that was the only time I felt free. And I don't mean rejoicing free. I just mean free. Like, okay. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man. It's like carrying groceries from your car to the counter in your house. Except uh, you parked a mile down the road. And you've been carrying these groceries a long time. And some people are like, man, you should have parked closer, right? Some people are like, man, you could have just dropped some of the bags and walked the rest of the way to the house and come back and got the nut. No. It's like carrying all these bags and finally getting to the place where I can set the bags on the counter and being like, oh, okay, I'm good. Because just because you got the the bags in your house doesn't mean that it doesn't give you an excitement. It's just, oh, wow. I was holding on to that a while, wasn't I? Like, the uh, feeling of freedom that I had wasn't some euphoria. It wasn't some great touchdown that I felt like was just made. It wasn't. It was just like, a light switch, honestly. Man, you know how you go to your uh, room at night and the lights are on all day. There's light everywhere. But you know it's time to go to bed and you turn off that light switch and you just know, hey, it's all downhill from here, baby. <laughs> so... uh there's those feelings sometimes where you're just free and I was satisfied because I felt like my son I could be I could be good, right? I could be a good example, you know. And uh, th- so that was important to me, my character, and a lot of that had to do because uh I had a child. And just cuz you don't have a child doesn't mean you You don't have something to be proud of. Something you need to be a good character for. It's yourself. I had to be a good character because I had a son. No, that's wrong. I had to be a good character and I had a son. So that's why. So, And uh, you won't hear me talk bad about my ex. Because, one, that would look bad on me because I was my ex. (laughs) And, uh, And the second reason you won't hear me talk bad is because I have a son. And no matter what my thoughts are, part of my character is to not influence my son's feelings. So that's why I would not do that. And uh, it sounds like I'm on a high horse, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But I'm not. Don't think that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm just real. I'm just raw. (laughs) And uh, so there's a lot, you know, that you deal with, you know, even with the even when it's not as serious or I shouldn't say that, because when you're going through a breakup, who's to say it wasn't as serious as mine? You know, a friend said, um, was talking about puppy love, right? Because, you know, teenagers, you're a teenager, you feel puppy love towards somebody. And you, but the thing is that when you see a teenager in puppy love, puppy love in that phase, you always make fun of them like, oh, that's just puppy love. You don't know what real love is. But the thing is to that person, to that kid, that is real love. And it's not that it's not real love. It's just to them, their view on love is different than your view on love is just typically typically you don't get hurt at the young age you just feel love at the young age and as you get hurt and re-love and get hurt and love and hurt and love that's where you are now and so that's why you're judging other people and you're saying that's not real love i've been i've been married for 30 years i know real love now you just know love and that teenager knows love just because you think it's puppy love to them, they haven't experienced it before. That's love. So when I say breakup, I don't mean to say like your breakup isn't as important as somebody that went through a divorce is not as big of a deal. It is a big of a deal. You know, it can be rather. Unless it's just, you know, horrible because sometimes they are horrible. When it's not a good match and sometimes they're not a good match. But Anyway. I digress Ooh, I got to say that finally (laughs) so but that's what this podcast was really about was um, that was something that was on my mind and I know it's not all funny and I get that so uh, but keeping it raw sometimes isn't always funny I'm just saying sometimes it's real okay can you handle it (laughs) it's about to go down all right so first of all I mean lastly first of all here we go start again <laughs> Lastly, I do want to finish up the book with the excerpt, or finish up this podcast with a excerpt from the book by the great Doctor Seuss. On and on you will hike, and I know you'll hike far and face up to your problems, whatever they are. You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go, so be sure when you step. Step with great care and great tact. And remember that life's a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and deft. And never mix up your right foot with your left. And will you succeed? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and three quarter percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. So, whether your name is Bugs Bum or Bigsby or Bray or Mordecai Allen Van Allen O'Shea, you're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for keeping it raw. Thanks for keeping it under 42 minutes. That was my goal. And I did it exactly as I would, as I should. Boom. Bye.